I think this is the most nervous I've been because I think I relate to you more than anyone I've interviewed. And I, I think over the course of the interview, I think you'll realize that. But uh, you know, I've interviewed people that have made hundreds of millions of dollars. I've interviewed women that, in my opinion, run our city. Um, I interview artists that, in my opinion, are going to be international superstars. Uh, but when I like dig into your story, it's the things that are underlying. It's not the overt things that that I relate to, obviously, right? But it's the underlining things that um, it's like fuck. Uh, and I just last night I just watched everything. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a very complex individual. But not, but you're not. <laughs> it's it's simple. Like it's not simple, but it's uh. Uh, you're not as I don't think you're that complex to me because I get it right. I get it as much as a person could get it without having to go through some of the things that you've went through right. so uh, this is episode 6 uh, with the amazing and inspiring Leon Ford um, bro are you tired of being called inspiring nah like has that not like Listen here, I'm just Leon. Like, relax. Um, labels are for people; they're not for me. So. Yeah. See, I kind of. That's why. That's why. Like, that's why. Like, um, I don't consider myself an activist. I feel like people use words to try to describe a person, and I know who I am. Yeah. So all these words that people use to describe me is how they view me. And yeah. It's their own perception they created of you. Exactly. And I don't take it personally. Just like I don't like I don't take the negative comments personally or the positive. They just are. Yeah. That's somebody's perspective and we're all, you know, uh we deserve to have our own perspective. Even if even if perspectives are destructive. Yeah. It's fucked up. But you but you can't you can't embrace like, oh, you're so inspirational. And then, and like, then not embrace the negative. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I guess I'll be the one to be like, fuck the negative and embrace the positive. But you need both. If you're going to accept one, you got to accept both. Yeah. I mean, you don't need both, but both is... Is art is in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's not going to have something positive to say. Yeah. About anybody. Yeah, it's true. Right. I but, think uh, when I up to like eighth, ninth grade, I wasn't cool. I was, yeah. a, I was a weirdo. I was a geek. I read books. Like, I was in a gifted program. I went on summer, summer camp. So when I finally got cool in, like, 10th grade, <laughs> like, I, like it was dope. I'd be at the end of the hallway, girls walking past. You know, I, I'm, my, my, my swag started to develop. I was playing sports. But I think something complex when I was younger of, like, wanting to be liked yeah. is still here. I'm 32? 32. Um... I think it still is like everything that I hear about myself that's not positive, I kind of want to change that. And it's fucked up because as I get older, I start realizing that you can't change it. You got to accept it. Exactly. My uh, last week um, during my, my session with my therapist, she said, um, stop, stop uh, accepting things that don't belong to you yeah. and be kind to yourself. And what she was referring to is like, um, I can be critical of myself sometimes. Right. And really overcritical. And so 
she said, well, if somebody said you were stupid, would you like analyze like, well, am I stupid? Right. I've done it. <laughs> but it's like, yo, you shouldn't do it, right? Yeah, I've like, done it in the past, though, but I, I get what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, so it's like, be kind to yourself. Yeah. And this is like, I was talking about this on live last week. Like, I watched that whole live. That shit was crazy. Yeah, it's like, yo, say like positive affirmations to yourself. Like, yeah. Every day. Yeah. Right? So you can like really, you know, accept who you are and combat the, some of those negative things that people may say. Yeah. Um... So I kind of like, as I started watching like everything and then reading everything and like, I'm one of those guys like, and of course you're, you're probably like way busier than I am, but I have so many things going on in my life that I kind of put things off to the last minute. And then I try and have free time to do things that relaxes me, like play Call of Duty. Right. <laughs> that's, the, that's my thing. Um, but as this interview approach, of course, I knew some of the things that, you know, everybody knows about your story. Um, but I try and approach every story a little bit differently. And for me, as I started researching everything, I get my hands on and listen to everything. A question started to form in my mind of one, how you handle yourself and how you speak and structure your sentences are unlike 90%, 95% of the people I've ever dealt with. And the 5% of the people that I deal with who are so thoughtful and thought-provoking in the way they structure their thoughts and deliver them into the world are in some of the highest levels of their particular industry, right? Which made me think, was it the incident that happened November 11th, 2012, that changed you so much, that you grew so much, that you were able to become this amazing person who was a master of delivering his thoughts whether they were thoughts about depression motivation inspiration whatever the case was and then I started thinking well who was Leon Ford before November 11th correct right I want to know like that's what I started thinking like nah what like it was the moment for sure and all moments that are like that positive and negative do change us but like what the fuck were you like before then? <laughs> like, how were you? Like, how yeah. did you live your life? What did you like to do for fun? Like, did you have girlfriends? Like, was you the man? Like, what school did you, like, I want to know, like, the shit before. Like, I, w- I want to start, like, before. Like, Yeah, I had a bunch of girlfriends. Oh, you was lit? Yeah. It was lit. All right. I had a bunch of girlfriends. Um, I was popular, very popular. Okay. And I always liked money. Okay. Yeah, so... So you was always kind of like charismatic because you have that trait about you. Yeah. So like I say fifth grade, I had my own candy bar business. Oh, snap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember the school, like we had a fundraiser and I sold all these candy bars to the school. And I, I remember I had to get the money back to the school. Yeah, you was pissed. And I was like, hold up. Like, <laughs> He was like, I just made like two hundred dollars. Yeah, like, like on the come school. up. And I'm like, Ma, this field trip. I think we was going to Kennywood. I'm like, Yeah, the tickets were only like eighteen dollars. Like, and I yeah. just made them like two hundred bucks. Like, yeah, it don't make sense. And I'm mom like, the field trip was like eighteen dollars. Yes. Like I know the price. I've been to the science center. Like this is corny. Yeah. So, um, my mom ended up finding the company that the school got the candy bars from. Oh, y'all did a deep dive on the candy bar company? Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, my God. And so I started, like, buying the boxes. And so I remember you got uh, 208 candy bars for, like, $104. Yeah. So you pretty much doubled your money. 
and uh, and they came in in the boxes. Um, so the school was running a scam, basically. Yeah, basically. <laughs> That's crazy. I never knew that. And so my um, dumb ass sold candy bars. <laughs> For the school, like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I need all this loot. Like, no, that's crazy. <laughs> and so um, I started selling those candy bars, and I had, like, all my cousins and my homies selling them with me. And I would keep all the money, but they would get the tips. Yeah. But the good thing about tips is, like, you know, when you're, like, 12, 13 years it's old. It's lit. Like, yeah, you're getting, like, $20 tips from, like, the hustlers in the neighborhood. Like, yeah. Oh, she so, cool. Yeah, so everybody was eating, right? Um, And so that was, like, fifth, sixth grade. Seventh and eighth grade, I was selling shoemans, and so yeah, <laughs> so like shoemans are like knockoff tennis shoes. Okay, you know, for, I was wondering like, yeah, all right, for cool. People who don't know, and so like all the Jordans and Air Forces that didn't come out. Yeah, oh, you were selling them, you was getting them off. Yeah, and they were hype. Yeah. Oh, you got the new joints, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so like my uncle used to go to New York all the time, and I used to buy cases of shoes off of him. And like, you was doing this in eighth grade. Yeah, like seventh and eighth. That's crazy. Um, and so like, yeah, I was I was doing that starting to like all my classmates and stuff and like. So you was always like a entrepreneur for real. Yeah, and then like when I kind of start to lose myself. Yeah. Was like eighth grade, right? Isn't it always around that time? I said I got cool around ninth grade, right? Yeah. So <laughs> and it was a combination of like girls and my sister passed away when I was in the eighth grade. For real. Yeah. So. Uh, she was 10 years old. She was hit by a truck. Oh, my God. And um, I know after that, it's like school became more of a place of, like, refuge, for real. Yeah. Because home was, like, so, a reminder. so heavy. Yeah, like, you know. Yeah, it was heavy, yeah. Um, and so I started to, like. I didn't know, know you lost your sister. Yeah, 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 man. What was her name? Liana. She was a twin. Uh, she wasn't a twin. Yeah, she was. Nah, we were uh, three years apart, but. Liana. Yeah, we were basically twins. Yeah, man. I'm sorry, bro. Yeah, it was it was definitely hard, um, and that's when like I started to skip class all the time, and uh, I don't know. I, then I started to sell weed. Yeah. In uh, eighth grade, sorry, eighth grade, uh, ninth grade, and I got really good and at selling. <laughs> we who didn't sell a little bit of weed and yeah. got a little good at it. Yeah, and um, it's one of those things that happen. Yeah, and so that just set me on the different path through like high school you didn't play any sports i used to box that's you know what and when i watched leon last night for the second time um i was just questioning myself like what was the boxing reference yeah I used and to i said box. the only way he's not a person that just puts things in there so the only way it makes sense is either it's a sport that he loves or it's a sport that he used to do yeah I used so to you, you could fight you, you and you could probably fight now yeah <laughs> i seen you put up the weight the other day i said oh this boy's still like it Tip top condition. Yeah, you're not bullshitting. Yeah, I used to fight a lot. For real? Yeah, but I, I wasn't the troublemaker though. No, but you fought like in the ring. Yeah, no, I'm, I fought in the ring, but no, I outside the ring out in the neighborhood too. Were well, you probably like me? You never was the one to start it, but yeah, like you exclamation point. Yeah, like I'll end it. Most of the fights that that I had, I knocked the person out. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the only person I didn't knock out was uh, one of my boys. Yeah, it was yeah. one of them love type of fights. Yeah, we fought a lot. Uh, oh, that's how it happens. Yeah, it happens with your he, homies. Yeah, he got me a couple of times. I got him a couple of times. You know, Soldier Beast. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's crazy. So, like, he could fight. <laughs> yeah, we used to get it on. Uh, so, I, I take it that you had a, a close set of friends growing up. Where, where are you from? Yeah. 
So I'm from Garfield, okay. um, but I live all over the city. Every time you, when you said Garfield, I keep hearing like a ratchet girl's voice in my head. Garfield, <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. Like Garfield, <laughs> my bad. All right, yeah. go ahead. Garfield. Uh, I'm from Garfield, but you know I lived in everywhere. Yeah. So that's why I always claim the whole East Side. East Side, yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. I'm East Side, dude. Um, but yeah, I play football for the Gators. And oh, okay. I also play football for Lincoln too. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, when you uh, you graduated high school, yeah, uh, you never thought about college. Um, and I, and when I'm and I'm sitting here, I'm thinking about the timeline. You were 19 when that yeah, event happened, so you're kind of like a year or two years fresh out of high school. One year. One year. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's crazy. Uh, I was very intelligent. And I think um, that's, yeah, that's what I was curious. Like, what was your grades? Like, I, I just keep, bro. Like, there's a lot of people that go through things similar, right? Not the same, and it changes them either super negative or super positive. Right. But you're just an intelligent motherfucker. And yeah. as I analyze everything, I'm like, <laughs> God, like, God damn. Yeah, I was. I always had good grades. Yeah. Um, but school wasn't a challenge for me. Yeah. Like now I think back on it. Yeah. Like I would I was like a class clown and I used to skip class a lot, but I always passed with good grades. Yeah. So I would do my work and then skip. Yeah. Right. Um and so like I never really uh liked the idea of traditional education. Um Did you take your SATs? No. I don't think I took you my chopped SATs. It. Yeah, it was just like I was making a lot of money. Like yeah. I, I wasn't like just no, not get it. Not get it. <laughs> like I, I was like I was young. And if you charismatic, you getting girls, and you start doing some things in ninth, tenth. It usually that's how it happens. Yeah. So I had three cars in my senior year. Yeah. Back to back to back. I, yeah. Same. But way. I'm in Penn Hills though. I was in Penn Hills. Thought I was the shit. Yeah. It was like. <laughs> so it was like school was kind of like all right. Like I was more. I I had more of an entrepreneurial mindset. Yeah. And then like. Think I had to go to college. Yeah, yeah. But I always wonder what, what my life would be like if I did go to college. Yeah, yeah. And I started thinking about that. Like, damn, what would this like if his life would have went in a different direction? Because I, when I started thinking about how your life was beforehand, right? And I knew there was things there that was still your core. It had to have been this shit thing, just like it changed you, but there was still core things within you. And I think, and this is how I think I started like examining putting my life comparable to yours and how we kind of relate. And a lot of people say, uh, you know, Mike, you've changed or Mike, you're different. And I argue that I'm the same person I was 16 years ago when I was at six, when I was 16. Right. Um, but I progressed over 15 years. I'd be a dummy not to. Exactly. Um, I've went through tragic things. Uh, but, uh, it, did it change you to better? Yes, but I'm still the core person. And as I started looking at like how people perceive me, I started looking at you and saying, "Well, who was he when he was 15?" You know, because it seemed like everything I fucking seen, it was like your life started in November 11th. Yeah, it's weird. It was just like dog. <laughs> it was like I get it. Like, and I'm not. When I say I'm not underplaying or undervaluing what happened. Right. But for me, it was like. Uh, I don't think that's all that defined. Yeah, because Leon. if it wasn't for who I was, then you wouldn't have before. been able to have the oomph. Yeah. Because 
you know, I really, you know, changed the culture in Pittsburgh after I got shot. Yeah. I mean, I remember when Jordan Miles was beat up in Homewood. Yeah. And, like, uh, like we were, like, we didn't protest for him. Yeah. And we knew, like, yeah. we were so culturally conditioned to get beat up by police officers or yeah. get pulled over. It was just like, yo. And then he didn't hang out with us. So yeah. He, he, no one he, cares. He went to Kappa. So, like, all the churches and stuff supported him but the streets the neighborhood they support him that nobody really support him and and that's the one thing yeah. i kind of like i i say that you did and that i kind of hate as a culture i think we're kind of like like social media warriors and i think for you it was like people came out they stood on what they said right. and i sometimes wish that people would stand more on what they say like they did for you like just, it's all about relationships though yeah Right, and so when I like, when I have like cousins in like every neighborhood, yeah, 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 right, or homies in, in every neighborhood who I did business with before I got shot, yeah, they respect me, they respect my family, yeah, and they came out because they're like, damn, like this is fucked up, yeah, and we rock with Leon, like, yeah, you know what I mean, that's the homie, yeah. right, and so it was more of that's the homie, like Leon is a good dude, yeah, it's more of that than. Like yo, this is injustice. Injustice. So yeah, it was. It was. It was, it was a. It was a. Conver- it was a. It was a. It was a combination of both. Exactly. And then I think you set the trend as like, all right, nothing else will be tolerated in the city. And then the next thing that happened, people stood up. Exactly. Um, I kind of want to like get back to like, you know, you get out of high school and like you're doing your thing, entrepreneur, and you know the things that are legal now were illegal back then. Absolutely. <laughs> Funny how that worked, right? Yeah, and it's still. <laughs> Il- it's it's still yeah to, to an extent to like, an extent but you know, I, you know it's 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 just mind-boggling to me yeah um as one of the things i've seen uh you say that struck me as odd and i think i've seen this in the live was you know i don't think we have to go through the particulars of what happened at night i think you're probably tired of telling that story um, deep down inside, you might be tired, but you won't say it out loud. Oh, uh, I'll speak for you. I would be tired. Uh, but you said something that struck me was uh, people was like, well, it looked like you pulled off. Yeah. And that right there is, like, crazy. <laughs> like, the thought of, like, the people you love or your peers or the people in your environment, even if it's only 30 40% questioning you about what happened that night when you almost died. It's a Pittsburgh mentality, though. Yeah. It's only it's only black folks in Pittsburgh that ask me that. Yeah. Like, black folks in Philadelphia. But they don't know you. I think I, the reason why I say the reason why I say it's not Pittsburgh. I'm trying hold, to get away from Pittsburgh. Hold on, hold on. All right, all right, all right. Go, go ahead, go ahead. Because yeah. I literally tell my story differently. Yeah. In Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, I did in the past. Yeah. In Pittsburgh, then I would in Philadelphia or Baltimore, or Oakland, California. Tell me about that. What you mean? Pittsburgh, people are passive, bro. Yeah. You think so? They are, bro. Oh, my God. If you're an alpha male in Pittsburgh, yeah. you're looked at like you're a, a monster, bro. That's true. But it's like I feel like it's like that in any city, though. Bro. Bro, look. When I tell my story in Pittsburgh, yeah. like, in the past, like, so this is why I was still going through court. Yeah. Right? So... The whole case was like, well, did you pull off or you not? Yeah. When I would get to the part to the pull off, I was like, yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah. Bro, 
that's in Pittsburgh. In Oakland, I would tell that story. Yeah. They were like, yo, yeah, and he smashed off, bro. I would have did the same thing. Like, you feel me? Yeah. Same thing in Philadelphia. They were like, yo, I would have, like, we know, like, yeah. I, I would have pulled off too. Like, in Pittsburgh, literally men, yeah. you know, that I respect and women, we're like, yo, why don't you just let them beat you up? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I don't think it's here's and, the thing. And and on top of that, I had a lawyer from Philadelphia, right? Yeah. And so he's like, uh, he was a white guy, you know, and he, he's downtown Pittsburgh. So he's like, yo, the energy in the city is different. Like yeah. when I walk down the street downtown, black people like move out my way. Yeah, in Pittsburgh. In Pittsburgh. Yeah. He's like, bro, it's it's not like that. Like they don't even make eye contact with me here in, in, in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like, we had a conversation about this, bro. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, it's not like that in Philly. And I seen a difference in how I had to tell my story. Like, and I'm talking about, like, everyday people. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about the the folks in the streets yeah. who, you know, are already surviving. So, they, they're so like. So, they're, they're used to it. They're used to it. So, like, when you got somebody who's surviving, mm-hmm. they're already like, what's up? Yeah, for sure. You feel me? But, like, the, like the nonprofit organizations, the churches. The blue collars. Yeah, bro. They're, they're, most of them are very passive, bro. Yeah. Damn. I want to argue it, but, I mean, only you would really know. Yeah, I mean. But. And they, like, people in Pittsburgh, bro. They're not real confrontational. If they got a problem with you, they'll go talk about somebody, t- talk to you about you to somebody else, mm-hmm. and like they won't rock with you. Yeah. How, how many times have you done business with people and in private they're like, yeah, I don't really rock with them, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> many times. But then you know, at an event, they're like, oh, what's up? Like, many times. You feel many, me? Many bro, times, like, bro. It, it, it's it's so. But that's the reason why I try. Like, if I have a problem, I'll say it. I'll say it online too. Yeah. Or like, I'll. But you left the city though. Yeah, but here, but here, let me tell. All right, so but, 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 but let me tell you. Let me tell you. Two things. Two things. You left the city. Yeah. So the energy that you bring, like the way you think, is different. Yeah, of course. Most of the black folks that are in positions of power that are not passive mm-hmm. left the city, bro. Yeah. For at least a year. But you gain your position and your perspective, not position, your perspective and your wealth of knowledge that was already built on foundation through the fight that you had here in the city. In particular, you say, and I don't want to misquote you, I broke my lease. The next day I broke my lease. Yeah. And I left. And I left not because I was running away from responsibility. I left because from 19 to 26, I was fighting so when I took from that, and we're going to revisit that topic, but when right. I took from that was, you needed to get out. <laughs> like, And this was like one of your first times you was able to leave the city. So no. I get what you're saying. So, so no. All Growing right. up, I always left the city. Oh, yeah. I, you was traveling. You was traveling. Bro, I, I'd start flying by myself when I was eight years old. Okay. To visit my grandfather okay. in Massachusetts. Okay. You feel me? My mom would take us to Miami or Atlanta oh, okay. or Jamaica. So you was like, uh, okay. So I was exposed to these different things, and that is why when I got fed up with the city, it was nothing for me to go to Europe by myself. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. you know what I mean. Like it was nothing for me to just. I love that shit. Just go because I was exposed to that, and I knew it was possible. Yeah, right. Most people, like bro, I know people from the hill who don't know how to get to Homewood, bro. Yeah. I know people from, from Northview who don't know how to get to Larmer or East Liberty. Right? Oh, I still like using my maps, but all right. Yeah. yeah but like, yeah. it's like, 
yo, Pittsburgh, like, we got to expose each other to different things because yeah. when we don't, you know, we get so trapped in this mindset. That's true. And, bro, it, the people in Pittsburgh who are doing great things are people who left the city, bro. Yeah, I mean, I, I give you that. I give you that. But I also say, like, like as such as you, I've been around the world, and, um, damn, it's like, as I'm saying this, it's like, how can I say this in a room with a person who has had such a tremendous fight with the infrastructure of the city of Pittsburgh? When I say, it's almost fucked up, because when I say, I don't even want to say I love my city, like, kind of in front of you, because it's like, how can I say that when you had a Spartan type of war yeah. with not the people, but the infrastructure. Yeah. So it's like, this is the first time I've ever been checked about the city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I don't know if you, like, I think you watch me a little bit. I'm Pittsburgh proud. But me duh, too, duh, 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 duh. Like, No, but I, like, I, love I think, I think, I yeah. think you're Pittsburgh proud and I'm not trying to paint that narrative that you're not. Right. But it's like, you have valid points. <laughs> Usually people just be like, oh, I hate Pittsburgh people, people here, da, 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 da. And like you and these those people just be like you ha, you don't you're not really trying. <laughs> right. A lot of people that say they don't like Pittsburgh, they're not really trying. But for you, Pittsburgh is evolving though, bro. You're you you fought like one of the craziest battles I've seen and came out on top not only with your physical being, but your everyday battle. And we're gonna talk about that. Boy, I was watching some shit and I was just like, damn, people don't get it. Right. Like you said something in this one interview. You said. Bro, you said, she said, she said, so what, over the course of the years, what was some of your ha-ha moments? And you said, <laughs> depression. <laughs> and then you was like, and then I felt it because you was just like, yo, depression is not like this hill that you climb, bro. Right. And then you get on top and it's like, huh, I'm good. I done it. Like, no, it's every day. Yeah. And then you went into specifics of you getting out of bed every day and how it's an everyday battle. And for me, my story was uh, I've went through deep doubts of depression because I've lost my mother, my stepdad, and their son in a car accident mm. on the way to my sister's wedding. Wow. So that kind of changed me. So when you would speak, me and my little brother, so when you were speaking about that, I was just like, that's what it is. <laughs> it's right. every day, fam. Like, and I was just like, it's crazy. So when you speak about like, when, I, when I'm like saying I'm Pittsburgh proud or this, this, and this, it's like, but this city has got a deep, under dark. And I started researching your, uh, when I was looking at your Twitter, I was like, I want to see what he was saying when he was like a teenager. Right. But I, I kept going, 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 going. And you smart motherfucker. It's only a certain point. I think you started your Twitter like 2017 or something like that. Yeah. I'm like, Fuck. I, I deleted my old one. Yeah, smart. Because I was, you know, I think I'm a journalist now. Michael Carroll, he's a journalist. <laughs> <laughs> so I go deep, uh, pause, and when I'm looking at it, I see uh, one of the last things I see is like your conversations with the mayor, the tweets back and forth. Yeah. And it's like, oh. There's some things that I don't know about this this mayor. Yeah, I don't, like, rock, I don't rock with Petito. Yeah, and I didn't know that. You know, I like and you know, for me especially, you know, I I left I left Pittsburgh when I was 18. Went to school in Philadelphia, got my undergraduate at Cheney University, her first HBCU, and um, they got my master's at Westchester. 
and then got into music. So I was out Philly for like eight years. So when I came back like five years ago, um, you know, you hear about what's going on. I knew about your situation, but me being so self-involved in what I'm doing, um, you know, you don't really research or you don't really go into a deep dive into what's going on. So when I start researching your situation, when I see those tweets with the mayor, I'm like, there's some shit. (laughs) (laughs) There's some some shit. Um, I kind of want to go into like, I think we got off topic, but I kind of want to go into like, you said some things in uh, I think it was an article or interview where the situation happened and I think you wake up and you're handcuffed. Yep. And I'm just like, I, I keep thinking about everything besides what happened. Like I keep thinking about like, like yeah, like that situation happened, but I keep thinking like, how the fuck do you wake up and you're handcuffed? Man, shock was in the bed, man. <laughs> Yo. And, and my family couldn't visit me. That's crazy. For like, for like two weeks. Like, so you I, don't got COVID. Like, you yeah, just. It was. It was it why was couldn't crazy. they visit you? Because I was under arrest. In the hospital. In the hospital. Yeah. So, I woke up every day. Lost. Just to look at an officer sitting in my room. After I was shot by an officer. And uh, I don't know, man. For a lot, for a long time, I had this hatred. Yeah, know, just built up, and I think that a lot of the messages that I put out, put out early on was different from how I felt. Yeah, because I was really playing chess. Mm-hmm. I knew I couldn't be the angry black person. Yeah, or I would just lose yeah. everything. Right, and so I. Had, how did you know that though? And what made you think that? Like, was it advice or was it just like your own? It was just my own. I just it was. From, it was common sense for yeah, me. Not for everybody. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen like, you know, uh, like the Trayvon Martin case that happened before I got shot and just how they tried to like um, make him out to be this bad person Yeah. and sway the jurors before the actual case. Yeah. So I, that's what I did. Swayed him. Yeah, like my lawyers were great, but I think it was really my smile and the fact that I was in the media at least every two or three months, at least once every two or three months yeah. for like five or six years, local or national media. Yeah. Uh, without a publicist or anything, I just yeah found different ways to frame my story and different things to do to get media attention to show the world that I was a good person. It's simply amazing what you've been able to do over the course of five, six years, seven, eight years, honestly, nine. Um yeah, I just was reading that. I think it was an article or video, and it was just like uh, he was handcuffed, and then I think you had your son, and you wasn't able to see him. Yeah, so I was. Uh, my son was actually born in the same hospital. Hospital. Yeah. That, yeah. So, so you was recovering. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was on the seventh floor, I believe, and he was born on the fourth floor. So I was able to go downstairs. Okay. Um, but I wasn't able to like go in the room. Was where, you still like under arrest or? No, nah, at that point, no, nah, I, I was in, uh, I was in rehab. Rehab. Yeah. So, um, but I wasn't under arrest or anything. Yeah. I remember reading. I'm like, that was in the same hospital. How long after you were shot was your son born? I was shot November 11th, uh, 2012, and he was born January 1st, 2013. Oh, he's a Capricorn. Yeah. I'm a Cap too. You real? You're a real one. <laughs> You're a real one. That's what's up. Yeah. So, 
it was a um right i it was a journey bro no it's not, i i it's not, i can only i can only imagine and like journey. I, I keep talking about how i feel like i could uh relate to you and i'm sure thousands of people in the world can i'm not special uh when you talk about when you're in depression there's only two ways that you can go right. bottom out and sometimes you have to see the bottom um and we'll talk about like when you when you when you amass a large sum of money and how that that actually makes everything way more complicated yeah. we'll get into that i think there's something else i can relate to you uh too but um you talk about like putting on this the smile right and I was in a place where, like, I was just like, I just want to stay in my room for, like, my apartment for, like, I had, like, this condo. I just want to stay in my condo for, like, three, four weeks, like, a month, like, just not see anybody. But I knew the only way for me to get out of it was to act like I was progressing and put on this smile and this front and, like, this determination. And what it did for me in this positivity spin, like, this positivity cap, and I practiced it. So I would walk into grocery stores and like be super nice to everybody. Yeah. Uh, all my friends, everyone I encountered, uh, people I were dating, uh, and the practice turned into like habit, and then like the habit turned into like something I enjoyed, and then I enjoyed it. And it turned into like my life. Absolutely. And I don't know was that process kind of like that. I mean, when I listened to you talk about like how. You was putting on a smile, but you was tired of it, but then it got you through. Like, was it like a similar process for you, or was it like... Yeah, it, it was. Um, but it started... That started... The smile started back when, like, my sister passed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it was like... You was already used to it. it. Getting shot and going through what I went through was... Couldn't even compare it to yeah. my sister passing away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it was like... I mean, I could, you know, take on pain, but to yeah. see your family hurting... Yeah, it's like that's another that's a different type of pain. Yeah, right? and so um, I think that you know me losing my sister helped me help prepare Pray. me for what I would go through that's with the city. That's crazy. Uh, and I I started talking to someone and I was like, Yo, I don't know if this interview is more for me or more for him because mm. I was uh, I lost my father when I was sixteen, and I think people like us uh, once again the reason why I, like I wasn't too uh, I don't want to say invested, but didn't do too much research on what was going on in your life at that time when I came into the city. Right. Is that I'm numb. <laughs> like you, when you experience so much death, especially from where we come from, it's like that's fucked up. Like yeah. you'll say, like, "Yo, that's fucked up," and you keep it pushing. <laughs> and like it that, never happened. That's fucked up. Yeah. Like you start realizing, like that thing is fucked up. Like. uh People come up to me and be like, you know, my peoples are going through this and my peoples are going through that. And I just be like, I'd be like, yo, that's like, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. for sure, for sure. It's that trauma, bro. It, it, it'll fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, I was just asked about uh, the Ahmed, um, Ahmad story, the guy who was Oh, yeah. And I was like, yo, I'm numb. Like I expect, are, are you still numb or is it, like it, and it? It doesn't, bro. Unfortunately, it doesn't bother me, bro. Like it's it does. But you see, and it, you know, so crazy. I, I'm like, a, I expect black bodies to die on camera, bro. It's like, and it's like, I heard it and I seen it, and like, I'm not. I I I would. It's even, not that we're not compassionate, or but it's just like, I don't know, bro. 
it's it's a it's a weird reality to be a black american bro because we like even if you don't say you do it's like death for me it's like an expectation yeah like somebody got shot by target and i was like oh i mean i didn't even look to see what his name was bro yeah like and it's like i and, and i live like right down the street yeah it was just like damn maybe i know maybe i don't it's it and some you know what's so crazy sometimes that numbness uh has led to so much success for me mm. like i've been able to push through so much shit because i'm not stuck on like this this and this but sometimes there's other things that are unpacked that leads to that depression and that's some of the things that um i was just thinking about your story and like just your battle like from the time that you were shot to like you fighting the city and then you going up for it was city council city man. council yeah that was fun yeah and i kind of <laughs> like i kind of like because i was aware and i think around this time i started like i started myself was evolving and dealing with my own depression and dealing with everything that was going on in my life and as i was able to start dealing with things like that i was able to start being more self-aware right. what was going on in my environment at that time i started paying a little bit more attention to what you was doing um but what piqued my interest was um like your story um and then you taking the fight to the city and i kind of knew what it was already right i thought it was fire um but i kind of want to talk about like how you were able to get through those five six years from you and you bulked up you got super bulky (laughs) like if you look at like old videos and old pictures versus like you now it's like Oh, he he a grown man now. Yeah, he a grown man now. Uh, but like, what was the things that you did during that time? And I'm I'm guessing I'm assuming you were traveling the country, giving speeches and talking to people and like helping people and like you know, for me, my life kind of turned into helping people too. Uh, Of course, not in your capacity, but like, it was a selfish. I want to say me helping people turned into a selfish thing because the more I help people, the more uh, it helped me. Absolutely, and it's a coping mechanism. Yeah. Right? And so a lot of times, like, when, when we get over a hump, yeah. we look back at things that we did, and we're like, oh, I'm evolved, and I would have did things differently. Yeah. But it is, in fact, the things that you did during those seasons yeah. that got you to where you are now. Yeah, and, I believe that, and, too. And so, like, like just me smiling all the time when I wasn't happy on the inside helped me out. It, like, that was necessary because yeah. if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't been able to have the impact that I had on this. Oh yeah, that's community. a fact. Um, and so I, I was speaking. Um, you know, I wrote. Um, you wrote that book, uh, Untold. Untold. Yeah, I, I'll get you a copy. I, please, I gotta read it. Yeah. Um, and um, just like, bro, I was, I was in like cruise control, bro. Yeah, get like, like that. I don't even remember a lot of yeah. like from being nineteen to like now. Yeah, I don't really. It, it's like a blur. Yeah, my my shit is too. Yeah, it's like a blur, and um, I was just responding and, and you know playing you know chess with life, bro. And my ultimate goal was to win. You know what's so crazy? Like I I was at a point where like I was playing chess. Once again, everything I'm saying is a microcosm of the macro you went through. Right. But just like thousands of people could relate, I could relate in my own individual specific circumstances where like you was playing chess for five years 
I was playing chess. I felt like I was playing chess for five years, and I got so burnt out of playing chess. The only recourse was like to bottom out or like just to start just being genuine. Right. <laughs> and just like I'm tired of playing chess with y'all niggas, and like, why do I have to play chess? Why is this this need to win that's driving me insane? Exactly. And I just was like, it clicked for me. Like my happiness is, I'm good at like I'm good at chess, but I'm way better at being genuine. Exactly. Like I'm so much better at it. And I just started like everything, all the hate. I just started like embracing it with positivity. And like when I kind of look at like how you survived, or something else that you said that was so dope. Um, Someone was like, yeah, um, a victim of police brutality. He was like, I'm a survivor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm a survivor, fam. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, he's different. He's yeah, different. And, and as a survivor, though, it's like, you know, it's a survivor of life. Yeah. Right? And a victim, it speaks to that one moment. Yeah. Right? And it's... You do it every day. Yeah, every single day, bro. I have to make a conscious decision, you know. To to, try. Yeah. Yeah, and it's crazy. And so how many times did you think that you spoke to people during that, like in between the cases, you know, after you got shot? And I think the first time you spoke out loud, I want to say, was um, you said two years you did a, a protest? Yeah. That's when people started caring? Absolutely. What made you wait that long? And, like, Bro, so... I went from like being popular and like having all the girls and fighting every day to yeah. being in a wheelchair, bro. And I remember at the time, like, um, shit was tough. Yeah, because like I'm looking at people that I know I could beat up before, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, dang, dude, dude could just flip me out this chair right now. Like, you feel me? Yeah. Or even like just standing up face to face to another man making eye contact. Like, yeah. I'm looking up at people now. Yeah. Right? That didn't feel good, bro. And yeah. It just kind of like took my voice away. And um, you had to restructure your, your your mental and your soul. Everything, bro. I had to because my manhood was built on you know a physical thing, a yeah, physical structure narrative, right? Yeah, just. Having more money, having more cars, having yeah. more women, yeah. right? And it's like, I mean, that's how it is in the neighborhood. Bro. Yeah, that's like, how it is. Um, and then you thought losing your legs destroyed, using the use of your legs destroyed that infrastructure that you had in your mind. Yeah, because it didn't matter how much money, right? It was just yeah. like, bro. I, the main thing was like, yeah, somebody could really flip me out this chair. Yeah, right. And it just didn't feel good, bro. And um. And so I started to read, bro. Yeah. Like, read. Like, I would, I would like, I, in the beginning, I would read, like, you know, black nationalist literature, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, real radical movements, bro. And that's the route that. That's what got you out. Yeah. And then from there, I evolved to more of, like, a mindfulness, like, reading, like, Eckhart Tolle. Okay. And that's, like, because reading the black nationalist literature um really made me so angry and it didn't feel good on the inside right so you had to level it out i had to level it out with mindfulness and strategy yeah right and so i still had the force right mm-hmm. in the fight but i was wise enough to the make channel certain decisions yeah uh that people on the outside may not have understood yeah 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 i think when i like really like and this is why i just start realizing like I wanted to know who you were before because 
the way you move and how you structure everything you say and the decisions you made have been simply fucking a joy to research and watch. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that your situation was a joy or like what you went through was a joy, but like how you handle it, I've never seen anything of that magnitude handled in such a way. And like even the first time I met you was with Levels Agency and um Moreauville. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember. We were that. about to do the summer jam together. Yeah. And I remember just meeting you and I knew of you. Um and I didn't understand what the meeting was for. Yeah. But I just was like, I'm coming and just listening to you talk in that meeting, I knew there was something different about you. Yeah, I th- what, what was it? There was something. I think like, it was going to be a part. Like you was promoting, or like you was. There gonna was work. something with Black Lives Matter. Oh yeah, they wanted to tie you in to the summer jam. Um, you was doing a Black Lives Matter thing, but I think yeah. you you declined. If I remember, they came back and said Mike he declined. Yeah. He doesn't want to be involved, and it was a smart decision. Yeah, I was never. You know, we were trying to find any angle to get people in the building. Yeah, <laughs> but I was never like. A, like I'm, I, I would collaborate and work with Black yeah. Lives Matter movement. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I it, what, what was that? It doesn't make me feel good to like tell people. Yeah, that my life matters, bro. I just yeah. show up, and you gonna respect me as a man. So you had something against like their philosophies or the messaging. How, the messaging. Yeah, yeah. They, I bet you. So they approached you. They probably approached you and and tried to get you. Uh, on board here, you, I know you're about to structure some crazy political fucking answer. Leo. No, but look, go ahead, think about it. Because no. I've I've seen you spin these interviews so fucking well. So go ahead. No, it's just really about like my life doesn't matter. This is what you yeah, about to say. No, no, no. Look, <laughs> I don't know. So I had I had um, dealt with a lot of the mainstream activists. Activists, yeah. What it, are they like? Are they they that thorough like we thought they were, or nah, are they fugazi? There's a lot of uh, black scholars that I grew up respecting, and I respect their philosophies and theories. But them as you know, people as yeah. you know, men, yeah, is just like. Uh, what do you think about the guy? What's his name, man? He's super popular. Uh, is it Umar? Doctor Umar. Yeah. What do you think about him? If you don't want to speak, you know. No, I I like his. Uh, his philosophy. Yeah, I I never really got I, to meet him. Yeah, no, I met him before. He seems cool. I know yeah. there's like there's always like some, yeah. some things going on with him on social media. I never yeah. followed that stuff. Yeah, he seems like he cares, you know. But yeah, you know, I I don't know yeah. him too much. Smart man, you know. Yeah, but the other like I feel like if you don't die, most of them don't care, bro. Yeah. And it's something else you said. Oh, that's just something else you said. You was like, yo, you was like. <laughs> so the reason why I'm unpacking my shit talking to you is because I want you to be open with me. Right. And the thing is, it's like I've seen you in so many places strategically like maneuver every situation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's like, yo, I want to get some real shit out of you. All right. Yeah. So for me. I've been, I've had millions of dollars. Right. I, and, I, and I was at the lowest point in my life. Mm-hmm. Right. And for me, it was like, it got to a point where I was like, I was doing so much for so many people and it seemed like they didn't care. Right. And you giving yourself and it's like, you're giving so much of yourself and it's like, it's not enough. Right. And there was points where like, I'd be in my Corvette top down five in the morning. 
driving and like, yo, what would happen if I veered off and crashed into a car and died? What would happen if I just drove this $90,000 car over a bridge? How would they appreciate me after I was dead? Would they understand what I was doing now after I was dead? What would they say at my funeral? It would be beautiful at Mount Eric. I was in the Corvette Club. All the Corvettes would have pulled up. They would have revved. I thought about it. What would people say? And why wasn't they saying that now and treating me like shit mm. after I'm giving my soul to these people? Absolutely. The reason why I related that to what you said, you said something that was crazy. You said, and not crazy to me, but so relatable. You said, yo, I had to create an obituary and put it up and 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 just to let people know like did it only does it only matter if i was dead right <laughs> like does my case only matter and i kind of want you to speak like what yeah. it's kind of like i ain't gonna lie to you it's kind of like left right. so, and it's uh, a, like <laughs> you, you created it like i'm think like were you crying when you created like was nah. it just a it was just a, bro every year right every year i'm seeing these posts with you know people who die at the hands of police officers yeah and it's like oh he would have been 24 today yeah he would have been yeah you know 27 or she would have been 18 and so i was like yeah i would have been dead yeah i would have been dead like and was I was there a point like people wasn't like what was going on that during that time that made you even respond that way because, bro, you have to understand, I know, like, every mainstream person who talks about police brutality. Yeah. And it's frustrating because even at, like, like the marches and stuff, if I know them. Mm-hmm. I've never spoken at none of the national mar- marches. Um, I never, my name never gets mentioned. Like, my story. Yeah. It's like, even, like, right now, right? Like, I sent you know, my short film to a bunch of people, mm-hmm. right? And they're posting all that every day and it's so like it makes people angry and upset and it's so hopeless. Right? Yeah. Then there's this short film that's super put is put together well. Yeah. And it's very hopeful. Yeah. Like to give people something to to hold on to to say, yeah, like we can make we a can change. beat it. Yeah, we can make a stand. Um, Here's a guy who who went through it and is still being positive and progressing and highlighting mental health. Exactly. So it just it just doesn't click to me why you know these individuals like won't support right pu- yeah. publicly. They respect. Have you spe- speculated why? Um, one one of the things that I've always thought about is that. Um, I mean, it's like it's like hip hop, bro. Yeah. Like being being like an activist, quote unquote activist. It's like being a rapper. We get paid lots of money to speak at universities, bro. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, if attorney Benjamin Crump, right, you know, if he if he could speak on behalf of his dead clients and get paid. to speak for an hour at a university why would he lift up my voice yeah now that's taking money out of it so it's politics and money it is politics and money bro 
And that makes everything like corny as fuck. Bro, I called Benjamin Crump used to be my lawyer, bro. Yeah. And I called him when I was running for city council. And I was like, yeah, I'm running for city council. And I'm just, you know, reaching out to see if I could count on you for a donation. Mm-hmm. He's like, you had a settlement, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. He's like, oh, you don't need my money. <laughs> you don't need my money. Meanwhile, bro, I got a, I got the computer up, bro. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying he donated like eight or ten grand to like Hillary Clinton's campaign. Like, it, like bro, all these campaigns, I'm looking at all the money that he, that he donated. Bro. Yeah. And I'm like, it just doesn't make sense, bro. That's crazy as fuck. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. So, yeah, a lot of those individuals, man, it's like, and that's why I don't really get like, you you even challenged me to use social media. Yeah, more. that's when we kind of like reconnected after yeah. all those years. Um, but I I really like that and en- the energy and me understanding the politics behind people's platforms and you know me questioning like are these people really authentic? Do they really care about this issue or are they posting about the issues? for more clicks mm-hmm. and if they get more clicks they get more uh follows and mm-hmm. if they get more which follows, leads monetary they get more speaking engagements mm-hmm. you know? um and so me it's just like i care about the messages going out bro yeah you know what i'm saying like i don't i haven't done a speaking engagement in like a year and a half two years why is that um i just got tired of it bro like, yeah oh i was shot you know i want to talk about solutions and and, and people a lot of people want to hear the story about what happened. They're so intrigued about what happened that night. Yeah. And it's like, bro, there's so many other solutions and different things that I'm doing to prevent that from happening again. Yeah. Like, this is what I want to talk about. Right. Right. I want to empower, you know, these um, students to run for office and to become lawyers and uh, to become lobbyists, right, to, mm-hmm. to change some laws. Um, and even, you know, encouraging people to become police officers, right? And, yeah. Um, they're not all bad. Yeah, no, they're not all bad, bro. Um, because, brother, honestly, there was, there was a lot of police officers who helped me out behind the scenes. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like, I never knew that. Yeah. There's, yeah. There's a lot of. Is there any, I know you can't say names, but like, is there anything in particular that you could say they, they did or, and I'm guess we're talking about the Pittsburgh police. Um, if you can't, then it's yeah, cool. I, I wouldn't, you know. But but they helped you. Some there's there there were some police officers that helped you significantly. And you know they're human beings as well, but positive and negative. Yeah, and and it's like the more we could have, and even like think like this is one uh, plan that I had in regards to gentrification, right? Mm-hmm. So you got like these young people; they don't know what they want to do after high school. Mm-hmm. You feel me? Um, a lot of them, you know, they're into activism now. They want to mentor the young people and stuff. So I'm like, yo, why not just go, you know, get your credits? I think it's like maybe like 60 or 80 credits that you need mm-hmm. um, to become a, a police officer. Uh, get yeah, the, something like that. Get these credits. Become a police officer. Because my brother was looking into it. Right. And you could make a... A decent amount of money and have good benefits. Yeah, I think it's like fifty, sixty thousand. Yeah, something like and that. then I was even thinking about if there was a program where we, we partner nonprofit organizations with like some churches, 
with the city of Pittsburgh and the uni- local universities, right? Mm-hmm. So I do a lot of work with Duquesne I've seen that. University. Duquesne's uh, great. Yeah, I like Duquesne. So for instance, we, you know, we do some type of project where the nonprofit, and we have some very solid nonprofit foundations in, in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. Heinz, um, Pittsburgh, you know, Foundation, um, the Forbes Fund. So just imagine. Advanced in Black Arts. Exactly. Well, that's, that comes from the Forbes. Hands, okay, the okay. Right. So they, these foundations gives hundreds of millions of dollars, probably billions of dollars a year collectively. Um, so what if they created a fund where they pay for these young people to become to, police officers? To become police officers. Yeah. Then the city, right, because of, there's gentrification, the city allocates a percentage of the homes mm-hmm. in these neighborhoods that's being gentrified for those new recruits that's to, crazy. to buy. So now they become homeowners. At low interest rates or whatever they need. Exactly, yeah. right? Because then we could loop in the banks. Yeah, right? loop in the banks. Yeah. So it's like... The URA would step right in. Like, what's up? Bro, <laughs> that, that is a solution, bro. It is a, it's a real solution. It's a real solution. You know what I'm saying? But... You can still get it done, too, if you wanted to. I realized, yeah. Yeah, for that's sure. That's something else I want to talk to you about. Like, I know you don't want to speak. And I get it. I said it at the beginning of the video. I don't yeah. even want to talk about exactly what happened. Right. Because I know you're tired of talking about it. I watched interviews for seven years on you. Right. Bro, I didn't go to sleep. No lie. Do I look tired? I didn't go to sleep till 8 o'clock this morning. Wow. And the only reason why I first want to go to sleep is because I have a workout in Verona at 2 o'clock, which I'm probably going to be late for. I'm going to push it back to 2.30. Um, because I don't want to be super tired walking up hills with weights. Right. If it wasn't for that, I wasn't going to go to sleep. And what I did was, I just kept rolling around the bed and I just watched everything. Bro, <laughs> that's all people want to know about. What happened during that night? Motherfucker, watch the video. Right. And all you do is watch one interview. Um, I say I have to say, like, uh, you got a voice. <laughs> and, like, the fact that, like, I know these engagements want to hear, they're more interested in wanting to hear about what happened versus solutions and for me it was like i wanted to know how you were able to get through it so i want to know about your childhood and your teenage years and i want to know after uh, but you have a voice and that's when we talk about the social media stuff when you was traveling and this yeah. is like when i first started becoming interested in really doing a real interview on you right because and it was the same thing with chuck sanders <laughs> i heard something negative about him like someone said Oh, you see this article? He said he raped this, or he sexually assaulted this girl, or he's covering up money or something. And I read the article, then I looked at the, um, I looked at the, uh, the source. And it was that real. It wasn't a real article, and I said, that's when I started making moves. And I said, I want to know your story, because like, I know the reason why I'm so curious when people talk about people negatively is that nine out of ten times I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Right. And it's happened to me so fucking much. Chuck's a good dude. Chuck's a super good dude. He he and he shows a lot of love. And and that was like one of the reasons like I I interviewed him and you'd be surprised what I learned during that interview about him. And somebody said something negative about you. Or I heard something or I seen something. It just something clicked to me. It was after you left. Right. And that's when we start talking DMs. I'm like, yo, social media, bro. And the reason why I say that and I'm so big on it (laughs) is because my name was, and it's still to this day, and once again on a micro level, you're macro, I'm micro, uh, my name was just being dragged to the streets. 
And there was a narrative being created about me that I just didn't like. Right. And the way I battled it and the way I continue to battle it is by telling my story. And, like, you have the talent of writing books, and I haven't tackled that talent yet. But, like, my hieroglyphs and, like, my cave stone walls have been, like, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. Right. And, like, telling my story, like, daily. And, like, making mistakes while I tell it. And people respond to that. And, like, that's why, like, when you was traveling and, like, we were talking, I was just like, yo, bro, like, just talk. Yeah. <laughs> like, whatever. Like, talk about your food. Talk about your feelings. Talk about, like, the sunset. Like... And like you started doing it a little bit, and like you as much as comfortable as you were able to do, right? And when you was doing it, it was, and every time, bro, every time you, every time you speak, or write, it's beautiful. Appreciate and like, I think it was like that before you got shot, and I think it got enhanced after, right? Uh, through struggle and the natural effect of time, we either get better or we get worse. Uh, but bro, like. You're eloquent with your words, bro. Like when you talk, when you when you write those posts, when you paint those pictures, it's amazing. Appreciate and then it, you man. was able to put it into like a, I think it was like ten minutes. Ah, it's too short. Leon's too short, bro. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, bro. It's just too short. And I guess we'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, but um, we we we're gonna work on some, you know. It's so. A, a sh- I wanted piece. to like. I wanted like. I wanted the behind. Like I wanted the before. Like it's so good though. Yeah. That's why. Like I'm hoping someone sees it and be like, "All right, let's put some more money behind it." So, it's coming. Oh, let's go. Yeah. So, hold <laughs> on. it's coming. The announcement here. One thousand dollars. The Leon was actually supposed to be about my campaign, bro. So let's get into it. Let's unpack it. Go ahead. Right. So this is what happened in February of 2019. Why did you want to run? Like well, honestly. You just wanted to beat the city. Yeah. Like, fuck Bill. Yeah. Like, I'm going to work my way up. That was like a middle finger, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm going to work my way up, and, like, I'm going to – I already but know. But the idea came, though. Like, I gave this speech downtown, like, after Antoine Rose passed. Yeah. And, like, everybody was going crazy on social media. Like, yeah, we on for it for mayor. And I was yeah. like, well, I'm not going to run for mayor because I don't really know too much about politics. But I can run for city – like, bro, I don't think – even now, nobody could beat me in you, you would've District won. 9. I think you would have won. Oh, absolutely. Bro, District 9 is Garfield. You would have won. East Liberty, Larmer. Five years, you would have been mayor. Lincoln, East five, Hills. Five to ten, you would have been mayor. Right. It's all the neighborhoods where all my family's at. Like, you would have won. Yeah, it was just. I think it would have been an easy layup. It was. But I'm guessing, and this is some things I think you haven't revealed, and I, w- I want you to kind of talk about it. Because, yeah. you know, of course, I don't know too much about politics, but. What like I'm I love TV shows and movies. Yeah, like I watch everything that's fire. And when you look at politics, immediately what I'm thinking of why you dropped out was because of the reasons. Because of the reasons um, that you spoke about, right? Right. But also, I feel like you dropped out. Uh, at my own speculation, I feel like they were probably fucking with you. And I did some little research, and I'm not even going. You know what? I'm not even going to speak on it. But I seen some things that they were trying to attack you on some administrative things. Yeah, I I seen that, and I I was like, I had to fire my whole team. Yeah, yeah. But so the thing, like, let let me back up. Yeah. So I went to a meditation retreat in Mexico Mm -hmm. with like a bunch of like. I remember you told me about this. CEOs and founders and 
like very powerful people. Yeah. And they were they were basically telling me like, yo, like why do you want to be like this fish in a pond? Yeah. Like you like you do, you, you belong in the in the ocean like. Yeah. You, like that's too small for you like and yeah. you do the so politics. much great things. Yeah. And so and I already had it in my like this gut feeling like yeah, it's I don't not really for me. Want to deal with these people? Yeah, you know? it's dirty. It is dirty. And so uh, when I came back to Pittsburgh, um, I was just like depressed because I knew I didn't want to run, but then I was seeing all my signs in everybody's yard. Yeah, I remember run. you was talking about that. And like people were like, "Yo, Leon, we got your back, right?" And how do I tell these people that I don't want to run for city council? And so I, at one point I was just like, well, I'm not even just going to push my campaign and maybe I'll lose. But then I was like, damn, I might still win if I, if, yeah. if my name's on the ballot, I'll, I'll probably still win. And so um, I already had like paid. The, the camera. The camera. Man, that's a good director. I, I did my yeah. research. You did like a Meek Mill documentary and anything. Yeah, they're dope, man. Yeah, they're dope. So, um, and they were like, yo, you know, you can set up this, uh, set, set up this campaign event so we can film there. And I didn't do anything like we talked about. Mm -hmm. And so they were blowing me up. I ghosted them. Yeah. And uh, they ended up hitting me up like, bro, like we care about you. you yeah. Know what I'm saying like whatever you're going through, we're still gonna come. Yeah. Because you are you are our friend. Like, yeah. That's dope. You know, yeah. It was like super genuine. And they came to Pittsburgh, and we didn't have no plan, bro. We were just filming. Anything, I peeped that. Right. And um, I was just like, yeah, I need to go to a th see a therapist, y'all. Like, yeah. something's not right. Yeah. So I made the appointment, and they were like, "You mind if we film it?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, just call her. Like, this is her number, bro. I'm not doing anything, bro. Yeah. I'm overwhelmed with life." Yeah. And they reached out to her and um, set it up, and they filmed it. And that shit was fire. Yo, it, was, it just turned like we it was amazing. We didn't thank you, bro. We did not know what this film was going to be. They put that together, and like I felt that therapy session. It was super dope. And, yeah. like, the decision, like, uh, you made the decision right there in the room. Right. And, it, like, when I said it, like, when when we had that break breakthrough, the room was, they was just like, oh, oh shit. shit. You're not running. <laughs> yeah, it was like, yeah, it was, that that was the moment. Like, that was yeah. history, you know. Yeah. And I'm so grateful. I choose me. It was captured on that on camera. On yeah. Because... Bro, that was life changing, bro. Like I would be a city councilman right now, stressed out. Yeah. Right. And that's not what you wanted. Exact and that was the moment like you mentioned this where you said like at one point you you had to make a decision not to play chess and just be authentic. And be genuine. Yeah. Yeah. And that that was my moment. What do you really want out of life? Like what makes you happy? That was my moment, bro. Like, yo, let me just be me. I want you know what I wanted to see after like you made that decision? And they were that? talking. I wish they would have came, went to Europe with you. I know that shit would have been so proud. <laughs> you wheelchairing through Europe? <laughs> you would You happy as hell? <laughs> I would have been like, Yo, I just kept thinking, like, I want so much. Then what's next? And then I started thinking, like, what is next? Yeah. So right now, like over the past year, I've just been building my team, bro. From yeah. you know, from my financial advisor to business manager to entertainment attorneys, mm -hmm. like just get agents, you know, and managers, like mm -hmm. just getting all these pieces in order mm -hmm. because I had, you know, so many opportunities on the table, but there wasn't no captain, right? I, yeah. There were certain things that I just, 
didn't know how to move forward with. Um, and so now I got, you know, a solid, solid team in place okay. to help me, you know, navigate these spaces. And they gonna they, stop with your bullshit. What's up? Stop with your bullshit, bro. What you mean? I understand bro? you got a team. That's so fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What the yeah. fuck is next, nigga? What's um, next? Tell me, like, yo, because I'm dying to know. Yeah, so there, there's a uh, possible TV series. Okay, that's fire. Um, the script is done. Did you have hands writing in it? It was uh, a bunch of I, my ideas. Okay. Yeah, that's like dope. different ideas and, um, you know, I, I definitely contributed. Yeah, um, that's dope. But, like, there was two other writers who are super dope. Um, and it, it's dope because I feel like I just got a free education, bro. Yeah. Like, to really, like, sit in a room and, and talk to people who are able to take my ideas mm -hmm. and, and create something amazing. Bro. That's crazy. Right. So now. Can we speak on the writers? Are they, like, have they worked on other projects? Yeah, they've worked on other projects. Like, can you give me, like. Um, like give me an example of like a project that we might know of or is there projects that we might know of that scandal <laughs> scandal are you yeah. working on something big yeah it's um so we'll see what happens i mean the reason why i asked is because you know me and my brother are the opposite like right. we handle the tragedy differently so for me it's um it's like non-stop progression and work and like you know, trying to accomplish whatever I want to do at that particular moment. Right. And for him, it's like, well, why don't you smell the flowers, Mike? Right. And at first, I hated that about him. Like, bro, like, 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 what are you doing? And he's like five years younger than me. So I was just being the big brother overzealous, like, yo. Let's go. Let's go. Like, <laughs> rocking. But there's a balance. But then, uh, yeah, as I got older, I started realizing, like, well, Maybe what I'm doing is unhealthy and what he's doing is healthy. Yeah. And and so I apply that to you where it's like I kept thinking like, uh, what's next? Like like what's next? What's next with him? And the, then maybe it's the flowers the flowers are my creativity, bro. Yeah. Like I literally like leverage my low moments to create. And that's when I create the best stuff, bro. The best content. Me too. And I, I've learned how to take myself on a roller coaster mm -hmm. like instead of just waiting for that depression to hit me yeah. like i'll literally be in like a room and i'll take myself there feel it and then use create, it me too and come out of it yeah it's and i try to explain to him like i love what i do bro Absolutely. like every single thing i love it and it helps me bro and i meet so many people doing it bro and like i learned so much from it um and it, like once again, when the social media stuff, and I got, and I see, I was looking at, you know, I'm doing research on everything last night, and I was looking at your Twitter, and I looked at your Instagram, and I seen something you said, um, uh, social media fasting, in your yeah. in your joint. I was, and you know, I got pissed. I was like, fuck no. <laughs> but the reason why I say that is because, it is there is it the toxic toxicity of social media that you don't like? I don't like social media, bro. At all. At all. I'm not like. One of my goals is like, as I evolve as a writer, yeah, and create whether it's films or TV or literature, mm -hmm. like my goal is to like. So there's two types of like writers. There's like the writers who are like always on the road mm -hmm. and 
you know, they're on social media. Mm-hmm. And then there's the writers that's just creating, and people don't even know where they are. That's true. <laughs> and same with music. Yeah. Same with like, music. I, I want to be that person, bro. Like, okay. I want to be with my son on a beach, bro, yeah. writing. Yeah, I understand. And, and like, and I get the self-made, um, own all your stuff. I yeah. get that. But I rather, for me, I rather write and have the machine push it out. Yeah. And I'm done with it, bro. Like, yeah. I'll get my royalties. Yeah, I understand that. Like, and stay away from, like, the headaches. Yeah, because ultimately, man, when you get to a certain level, it's like people, you go to college so you can have a good job. You get a good job so you can buy a house and provide for your family. Yeah. So that you can retire. And if if you have the ability to, like, be free, yeah, I, I don't, that's like, I tell my dad all the time, like, I don't want to, I'd rather invest in that own a, like a business or like micromanage people yeah because i don't like micromanage people yeah <laughs> yeah like, it I, sucks i don't i don't want that um responsibility yeah i just rather make my money bro and yeah. and uh i know what my budget needs to be i know how much money i need to make and i know what i can afford and i live within my means and i'm free bro like that freedom yeah. of like not like i can take two years off yeah right and just find myself that's dope and that freedom bro i wouldn't give that up for you know yeah millions of dollars bro it just doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything i think the little bit that you have shared via social has helped me and like i know the things that you have shared and like your your short film and your books and, and and whoever um whoever consumes like uh literature whoever consumes social media whoever consumes docu films documentaries each individual piece i think has impacted people and like i love you telling your narrative because i know how it is like uh this being in a position where like you know everybody's trying to paint a certain thing about you and like when you left how you took the money and quote unquote ran mm-hmm. or you you quote unquote did this or you should have ran for city council and I just thought that was corny. Man. And, like, the little bit of stuff you did talk about while you were away, like, it wasn't, like, fuck what people think, but at the same time, it was like, like, this is what I'm doing, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you got to choose you. Choose you. Yeah, it's always about, and then once you, like, start realizing, like, I don't give a fuck about what no one thinks, everybody loves it. Um, yeah, man, like, uh, I love, yo, I can't wait to hear more about the, uh, the TV show. Yeah. Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you more of it after the cameras are off. Um, <laughs> Leon, like, I thank you so much for coming to the Thousand Eyes podcast. Appreciate um, you, I man. think this interview really, like, uh, uh, gave me a whole nother perspective on you and kind of, like, changed my life. And I think your story, like, I think my final takeaway is your story is so much more than what happened um, that night. Absolutely. It's, it's a, it has a lot to do with who you were before and has everything to do with who you became after. And I love how you refuse to be a tool that was used in people's minds to uplift whatever they had going on in their own lives. Right. And um, I love to choose me and, and be free. And um, I think you're an amazing individual. And I don't know what you'll end up doing or how you'll end up doing it, but I, I'm positive you'll be great in it. Appreciate that, bro. Real shit. So thank you so mm-hmm. much for coming on. Um, we're here at Studio Me. They're kicking me out. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm out of here. Thanks, All man. Right, thanks, bro. Yeah, Appreciate bro. you, man. Real stuff.